The Florida Gators not only added a commit yesterday, but they've got a few more guys that were on campus this weekend. We're going to talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Monday. We're back. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply and i was gonna initially talk, like when i was getting ready for this episode i was like i'm just gonna talk about all the guys who visited campus and then do spurlock committed and it's weird because I was going to sing his praises anyway, and then he committed it. And I get to sing his praises and be happy about it because it's no longer I would love him in Gainesville. It's he's coming to Gainesville. So Deuce Spurlock, Michigan uh, linebacker, only played 12 snaps in 2022 as a freshman. He's a three-star linebacker out of Alabama in 2022. So again, this is a kid who, after his true freshman season, left. That could be because... You know, the staff that recruited him prior to is a different staff. Their D.C. went to Baltimore, so he's a Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator right now. So, different defense, which, by the way, Baltimore Ravens defense, stylistically, pretty similar to Patrick Tony and the Florida Gators. So, if Deuce Spurlock committed to that Michigan defense thinking that it would be a very similar defense despite the defensive coordinator change, then maybe he's looking for this scheme fit. When you watch the film for Deuce Spurlock, there's not much to see. Um, he, like I said, he played 12 snaps in 2022 as a true freshman. It's hard to watch 12 snaps of any player and determine he's good or he's bad, right? I think everybody can agree that can agree with not even a quarter of play. It's really hard to have a finalized decision on a player. But there are some things that you can see in those very limited snaps and some things you can kind of see and say, well, if you could do it once, twice, three times in just 12 snaps, odds are you can probably find some success doing it somewhat consistently. Do Spurlock, it's his athleticism. Uh, I think he's a great fit in Gainesville, Florida, added to Raja Mitchell last week slash earlier this week, depending on what you include Sunday as. Um, but Florida added to Raja Mitchell from Ohio State. So two Big Ten linebackers from schools that hate each other. I hope that they talk trash a little bit. I know Deuce Spurlock was in Michigan for one year, but I still hope they talk trash. But to Raja Mitchell, more of a thumping, reading tack linebacker, whereas Deuce Spurlock is just a freak athlete. And in the Lockdown Gators Discord, which the link is in the description below if you want to join and talk there, uh, I said, you know, Deuce Spurlock, there wasn't much to see film-wise, technique-wise, skill-wise, but you could see he's a freak athlete, and I'll take a freak athlete at linebacker 
any day of the week and someone brought up the point, do one black. I will bring up the point. I'd rather have a freak athlete at linebacker that knows what he's doing on the football field. That's that. Bring up the onside kick all you want. That's one play in two years. He wasn't a good football player. Simple as that. But with Deuce Spurlock, Spurlock is the opposite of Taraja Mitchell from Ohio State, where Spurlock is a freaky athletic linebacker, and I cannot wait to see how he fits into this defense because I'm working under the assumption that he's going to play more of the Amari Bernie role that we saw this year, which means that it's likely Deuce Spurlock will be backing up Shamar James, who as a true freshman played that Amari Bernie role rotationally. I'd imagine now with Amari Bernie gone, we see Deuce Spurlock backing up Shamar James starting in that will linebacker spot. And I'm a big fan of adding Deuce Spurlock here, primarily because Florida has Jaden Robinson committed right now as the only high school linebacker that's going to be a Gator this year. Jaden Robinson was probably going to be that that will two in this defense, and he probably wasn't ready. Linebacker is, I think, the spot where I, I look at true freshmen and I'm like, you've got to be really good to be a contributor. Uh, because you're, you you got to do a lot as a, as a linebacker. It's as simple as that. Linebacker in any defense pretty much asks a lot from you. So it's hard as an 18-year-old to show up to campus, adapt to college life, adapt to a, a football strength and conditioning schedule, adapt to everything. And then be able to step in and also pick up your play, the level of play, your speed of play, so much where you can go from high school football to the SEC. It's incredibly difficult to do. It's just, it's a similar but different thing with defensive linemen where it's like, well, a lot of times it's like you need to bulk up to play SEC football if you're a freshman. So things like that. But Deuce Spurlock has a year under a strength and conditioning staff from a big program. Like, this is not some kid who is coming up from, I don't know, what's it, Troy. Like, he's not coming from a small school after one year where they probably don't have as intensive of a strength and conditioning program. He's coming from Michigan. Mich- the same Michigan, by the way, that was just in the college football playoff and lost to TCU, which, by the way, TCU, Georgia tonight. Saying. Um, but the same, that same Michigan is the Michigan that he played for. So you're watching Deuce Spurlock potentially step right in as a rotational play. You don't need him to start. If he ends up somehow being better than Shamar James, great. I don't think it'll happen, but great. If he ends up bulking up and being able to play that Mike linebacker role next to Shamar James, great. I don't think it happens, but great. I think right now we're looking at a middle linebacker, that Mike linebacker role of Derek Wingo starting, with a rotation between Taraja Mitchell and Scooby Williams. Uh, Scooby Williams being the third guy on that depth chart, so seeing less snaps. I think at Will, you're looking at Shamar James starting with Deuce Spurlock as the two and Jaden Robinson as the three. Now, we know with this Florida Gators defense, usually the three doesn't play often, but maybe that'll change, maybe it won't. Either way, I'm cool with the top two right now. Deuce Spurlock is someone that I, I genuinely... I'm excited for. I think he's a freak athlete. And I know that it's annoying for me to just keep calling him a freak athlete, but that's kind of all we have on him right now. He's a three-star out of Alabama who went to Michigan 
and got first of all the fact that he got even 12 snaps is kind of crazy when you consider a three-star player at michigan i get it blowouts but still it's kind of wild and i don't necessarily care that he didn't play much again i i don't i don't care that he didn't play much he's a backup on a college football playoff team that has pretty good linebackers so i'm loving this ad and again i think that i feel like it's more about the scheme michigan defense changed after the dc change so he comes to a defense that runs a similar style to what Michigan used to run, and he can fit in right away. There's an opportunity for playing time right away. We know that he is a, maybe I don't even want to say like solid fit, but we know that he's someone who wants to be in this defense. So it's it's comforting to add someone like that. You've added two linebackers in the transfer portal. You've added a linebacker in the high school recruiting game. Florida's addressed probably their biggest need on the defensive side of the ball. Now it's probably safety because you've lost quite a few guys to the portal and the draft this year. So Florida, you've added two linebackers. I'm not going to ask for much more. When you added Taraj Mitchell, I said, well, I'd like it if you added another linebacker with experience, which Deuce Spurlock is not, but one that could also play the will role, which Deuce Spurlock could. So you've added that now. You've got your two linebackers in the portal. You've got your one from the high school game. You're probably not adding, adding any more linebackers, and that's okay with me. I think Florida's done a solid job here. I think you've got Derek Wingo and Shamar James as guys that I'm looking forward to being linebackers one and two or one A, one B, whatever you want to call it. Either way, I like that Florida is attacking their linebacker need. It is still worrisome to me, though, that – they can't reel in these high-ranking high school linebackers and that they're not even in on a lot of them. That's the more worrisome part for me. But, hey, I'm not I'm not going to complain about this. You know, a, a win to win. I will take a win wherever I can get it, so I'm going to. But we're about to take a look at the other guys who were actually on campus this weekend taking visits to Gainesville and Florida still pushing for. But first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by LinkedIn as the sun comes out. And small businesses are back in business. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier for you to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people that you want to interview faster and for free. And if you've never used LinkedIn Jobs before, I highly, highly recommend it. With simple tools like screening questions, it makes it easier for you to find just the right candidates with just the right skills and just the right experience. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. Terms and conditions apply. Just including this little addendum to the show because I just finished recording and Al Walcott committed to... Arkansas, so not Florida, uh, but I felt like I, I would leave it in anyway because I don't have enough time to re-record the show or segment or anything, but I figured I could quickly do this little addendum to say that, yes, Al Walcott has now committed to Arkansas, but I still would have loved it if he was a Florida Gator. I fully expect Florida to still pursue that star position in the transfer portal and try to find a veteran that can step in and play just in case the high school seniors coming up to Florida cannot play earlier, are not ready to play as early as expected or as early as needed. So I still expect Florida to do that, but Al Walcott crossed off the list for the Florida Gators. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily 
and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And for the second segment, we're talking about the Baylor kids they were visiting in Gainesville this past weekend because Florida had six guys there. Cam Jackson already committed before the visit and after the visit, he's staying in Gainesville. Deuce Spurlock, linebacker from Michigan, visited, committed, so he's there. But looking at the other kids who were up there, and again, at the time of recording this, it's about to be Sunday night football starting Lions Packers. Um, But we're talking about the Baylor kids here. Safety Al Walcott is someone that I wanted to touch on because he played the second most snaps on that Baylor defense. He was used more as a nickel and box safety. So you're probably looking at him as someone who competes early for star. I know myself included, a lot of Gators fans were looking at Jakeem Jackson, Sharif Denson. It's possible that this coaching staff wants to add a star player with experience. Even if not, he could be a box safety. He could fill multiple roles. He could also play deep safety, by the way. He's just played mostly nickel and box. But someone that can play multiple roles in a defense that's going to have a lot of true freshmen that you're expecting to contribute early, even though you're expecting them to contribute early, you're not guaranteed to get anything from them early on. So adding in some veteran depth here, maybe veteran starter here, is big. I think Al Walcott is solidly reliable, um, but he's not great as a underneath cover man, as a deep cover man, and as a run defender. I will say, odds are you're going to have some freshmen that aren't as up to speed as you thought they'd be. So having Al Walcott, who could step in and fill any of those roles, aside from outside corner, it's comforting a little bit, right? So if Florida can land him, that'd be great. I also tweeted this on uh, Thursday, I think it was. It should surprise literally nobody that Florida is pursuing a Baylor defensive back that's hit the transfer portal, specifically. I mean, any any Baylor defender, but specifically a defensive back that played safety and star. Patrick Tony, Florida's co-defensive coordinator, safety's coach. Uh, he is the defensive play caller. And Dave Aranda, who is Baylor's head coach and the one that puts Baylor's defense together, are both disciples of Ron Roberts. Disciples is a weird word, but they're both from that coaching tree of Ron Roberts, who up until recently, Ron Roberts was Baylor's defensive coordinator. And that kind of tells you that the defenses that these teams use are incredibly similar. That's one of my favorite things about the Patrick Tony hire once it was made was that I'm a huge fan of Baylor's defense. I'm a huge fan of what Dave Aranda does. I loved it when he did it with LSU. It's awesome to see. Like It's a great defensive scheme. And when Patrick Tony was hired, I asked someone in the know what Florida's defense was going to look like. And he was like, hey, carbon copy of Baylor. And for me, as someone who loves Baylor, that's awesome. As someone who loves Baylor's defensive scheme, that's awesome. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me that Florida is pursuing a safety who's got experience in a the same defense, really, who's capable of playing multiple roles and helping your freshmen get up to speed and giving them some time to you know not not feel pressure to be ready immediately. So I think that Al Walcott, whether or not he's a Florida Gator, it shouldn't surprise anybody that he's getting interest from Florida. I would expect that as long as Dave Aranda is at Baylor and as long as Patrick Tony is at Florida, you will see when a Baylor DB hits the portal, Florida's probably going to be interested in them. And it wouldn't shock me if when some Florida DBs that actually have experience at the portal, that they get interest from Baylor. 
shouldn't surprise anybody. I would I would not be surprised either if Patrick Tony and Dave Aranda spoke about Al Walcott when he hit the portal. That wouldn't surprise me either. Both of these guys, they do very similar things defensively. The schemes are very similar. Playing safety in this defense is incredibly difficult to do. You're asked to do a lot, and it helps you get up to speed for the NFL. That's one big positive. But also, if you fail, then you fail. Um, so Florida looking for Al Walcott. I'm hoping he becomes a Gator because, again, you can play defense. If you play safety in Baylor's scheme, you can play safety in Florida's scheme. And so I like you. On the offensive side of the ball, they looked at Micah Mescua, who is an offensive lineman. Florida needs to replace – I mean, well, first of all, Florida needs to replace left tackle Richard Garage, left guard Ethan White, uh, not center Kingsley Aguacan, although they should – Right guard, Osiris Torrance, who is an All-American. Right tackle, Michael Tarquin. So four of the five offensive line spots, we can put the middle finger down there because that's that's Kingsley Aguacan if you're watching and you're seeing this. Uh, so you have to replace not Kingsley Aguacan. He's the one guy you don't have to replace. One of those tackle spots is going to be Michael Tar- uh, is going to be Austin Barber. So we're replacing that. I'm putting my thumb down, which is technically right tackle, but that's because it's easier than putting Pinky down there. So you've got both guard spots that need to get filled. Micah Mascua can play. Well, he probably could play both spots. He's only played left guard. So Florida needs to replace Osiris Torrance and Ethan White right there on the offensive line. At guard, Micah Mascua is not someone that I would ever anticipate plays tackle for this Florida Gators defense, but he's someone that could play either guard spot. I think, again, he's only played left guard, but I think he could play both. Um, he would look to become the next, you know, the the next transfer to start immediately on this offensive line. He'd look to be the next transfer to start immediately to All American on this offensive line. Um, and I, I will say that let's level the expectations here. Let's temper them here a little bit. It's very hard to replace Osiris Torrance. There's no doubt about that. It's also very hard to replace Ethan White. There's no doubt about that. Micah Mescu is someone who could do both. I will say from the Limited tape that I got to watch. Uh, he he played at an extended period of time, by the way. Uh, he, he was a starter, but I only got to watch a few uh, snaps here or a few games here. He's been awesome as a run blocker. As a pass protector, not so much. Luckily, he plays probably the easiest position outside of center to actually cover your pass protection needs because... When you're a guard, you know, you could have the tackle help you or the center help you. The only reason that's easier for the center is both guards could help you. It doesn't matter who lines up where, both guards could help you at any point in time. Micah Mescua could come in and immediately be a starter on this Florida Gators offensive line. I know we've got Rod Kearney coming in who could also probably start right away. I know we've got Richie Leonard IV who should start right away. Uh, He rotated in and was pretty solid when he did. But there's question marks here, you know? And and I think for Florida, just having bodies in there that could answer that question and could be the answer to your question is important. Will do Spurlock work out? Hopefully, might not, but hopefully, but you're you're putting someone in a spot that could. Taraja Mitchell, same thing. Graham Mertz, same thing. Cam Jackson, same thing. Caleb Banks, same thing. Florida's adding guys at positions that they need. And it's like, we hope you work out. Hopefully you're at least average, but I think for Florida to keep adding these guys, it shows they know where their needs are and, or obviously not adding these guys because Michael Mescu is not a Florida Gator, but 
Florida keeps trying to add these guys where they, that kind of shows that you know where your needs are and they're taking that approach and they're trying to fill those to the transfer portal. Like so many of us have been asking them to do. We're about to take a look at the rest of the guys that were on campus visiting the Florida Gators this week. But first today's episode of lockdown Gators is brought to you by bet online. And I don't know about you, but the college football playoff is tonight and I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I will say I'm taking TCU to cover the spread and I'm taking the over. So I'm taking TCU to either lose by 13 or less or win the game. And I'm taking them to go over 63 and a half because I think both of these teams could score. I think teams are underestimating how much TCU could score. I think teams are, I think people are underestimating how fast this TCU team is. I'm taking TCU to cover the spread and the over. And it's as simple as that. I realize most college football playoffs have not been close. I don't care. I'm, I'm going TCU. Sure, it's because I'm maybe partially because I know a couple kids on TCU, but I don't care. I'm going TCU. Head to the website today or use your mobile device right here, right there, right there, right there. Bet online. See? So head to the website today or use your mobile device to check out all the trends and action. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about the final couple of guys who were on campus for the Florida Gators. And it's a lot easier to go in depth on the Baylor defense, which is something that I've you know, paid attention to quite a bit there. But South Carolina edge Gilbert Edmond is someone that Florida had on campus this weekend that he was visiting, and he is one of the many transfer many one of the five, six, six transfer portal guys that were visiting this weekend. Uh, five guys who were uncommitted at the time of their visit. Cam Jackson is the other one. Obviously, Deuce Spurlock has then has since committed. Then, of course, you got the guys we just spoke about, which is Al Walcott, Baylor safety, and Micah Mescua, Baylor interior offensive lineman. Now looking at the other side is South Carolina edge Gilbert Edmond. Like I said, starter for the Gamecocks. Wasn't super productive. We'll say that. But he definitely had his moments where if he didn't get the sack, he was at least getting close to the quarterback and creating pressure. And I realized that for the casual fan, you'll be like, oh, I don't even want to say casual fan. For the average fan, you'll be like, oh, if you're not getting the sack, I don't care. Pressures matter more. Uh, sacks are awesome. That's great. That's dope to see. But pressure can force errant passes, can speed up a quarterback's clock and just make them make any kind of bad decision. If you're hitting them while they're throwing the ball, even if you don't get a sack, you could alter the actual ball and see where it goes and someone else can make a play on it. it, it it's great. Pass rushing is fun, is my point. Um, so I think when you have Gilbert Edmund, you're like, okay, well, at least he's had his moments and he's had his flashes as a pass rusher to show he can generate some pressure. My biggest thing when watching Edmund play, because, uh, I mean, we saw him with Florida. We saw him a couple other times, or at least I've seen him a couple other times, because for some reason, South Carolina kept being on TV. I mean, I hate it. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me is Gil Bradman showed flashes, never put it together on a really consistent basis. But based on just his size profile, his like 6'2", 6'3", 250-pound thing, he's heavier than Prince Uman Miela. He's right around the range that you see the Jack linebacker. So that's something that's interesting to me, where Edmund with South Carolina played primarily with his hand in the dirt. He was primarily a hand in the dirt edge rusher. And with Florida, I 
think he would be a stand-up edge rusher, which I, I know that sounds like nothing. Like, it sounds like you're just like, oh, well, guess what? You're still rushing the passer. For some guys, it's different. Um, for some guys, you're way better as a stand-up edge rusher or you're way better with a hand in the dirt. It's possible that Gilbert Edmund showed flashes as a hand-in-the-dirt pass rusher, but maybe as a stand-up edge rusher could be more consistent, more reliable, and more effective as a pass rusher. So that's what I'm looking forward to if he becomes a Florida Gator to see where he would fit in with this defense. That Jack linebacker spot especially has lost quite a few guys with Britton Cox getting kicked off the team, Antoine Power Island stepping up, Lloyd Summerall transferring out, Chief Borders transferring out. There's been a couple of changes there where you could look at a guy like Gilbert Edmund and you can go, okay, let's bring you here and let's see how you play with a hand up. That's what I'd like to see from him. Generally, I don't necessarily care for him with a hand in the dirt. I think Florida's solid there because you got Princely, you've got Justice Boone, you've got guys that could rotate in there. I think getting a hand in the, or a stand-up edge rusher, a bit more promising, a bit higher ceiling, a bit of a bigger swing. So if Gilbert Edmund comes to Florida, I'm hoping Patrick Tony, Sean Spencer, Mike Peterson, whoever it is that makes the decision for who's playing a stand-up edge rusher role or hand in the dirt, I hope that they put Gilbert Edmund as that Jack linebacker role, and hopefully he plays there, and hopefully he exceeds there and, and succeeds there and excels there. The other guy that was on campus this weekend, Miami. Yeah. Offensive lineman John Campbell Jr. At least he knows to leave Coral Gables. So at least there's that, right? John Campbell Jr. started at left tackle for the Canes in 2022. Plenty of experience as an offensive lineman, which is something that we won't scoff at. And let, let's bring back the hand here to show you what Florida needs. Not a center. No, not a left tackle, although he could play left tackle he could play right tackle and john campbell could play left tackle and then you just have your guards that you need to, re- that you need to replace so john campbell jr could play left tackle you could keep austin barber at right tackle yeah and then you have kingsley aguacan at center and then you've got the two guard spots to replace there which you you could be replacing one of them with micah biscua you could be replacing one of them with roger kearney you could be replacing one of them with richie leonard the fourth you could be replacing quite a few spots with quite a few guys uh, depending on who actually shows up to Gainesville. John Campbell Jr. started at left tackle, plenty of experience. I think that as a pass protector, he is above average, I'll say. Not great against the run, but th- or not great as a run blocker, but the thing that I care more about, especially if you're going to be playing left tackle, is your pass protection ability. And I got to watch one game of John Campbell Jr., and it was the game against Clemson, which I don't think he gave up a sack, but I think it was three or four pressures he allowed, which is fine with me. Because for those of you who don't know, Clemson's defensive line this year was freaking insane. So to have John Campbell Jr., who had a good game against Clemson, I'm cool adding you to our offensive line that desperately needs bodies at this point in the cycle. So if John Campbell Jr., if you want to come to Gainesville, you're more than welcome. Yes, you picked Miami before, but I believe in second chances. I believe in correcting your wrong decisions before. So add John Campbell Jr., have a veteran left tackle with starter experience or a veteran tackle with starter experience that can come in and contribute right away and play right away. And you're giving a little bit of comfort to your offensive line and probably Graham Mertz or whoever your quarterback is going to be for 2023. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. 
We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators football. I can't wait to do it. For your second listen, check out Lockdown SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, the University of Florida. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work at Whole Night Sports and Giants Country of SI.com, and I will see you all tomorrow.